Welcome to Awake to Oneness Radio. I am Caroline Chang, your host. The mission of Awake to Oneness Radio is to inspire the world to awaken to the universal truth of oneness. Science is now teaching us that we are all connected and interdependent, that really we're all one. And spirituality and ancient wisdom has been teaching the truth of oneness for eons. So what you do to another person, you're literally doing to another aspect of yourself. And when mankind awakens to the universal truth of oneness, there will be peace on earth. Today's show topic is Control Remote Viewing with Terry Anderson. Terry, thank you and welcome to Awake to Oneness Radio. Thank you very much, Caroline. Thank you. It's an honor to be here. Oh, thank you. And it's an honor to have you. Um, will you please introduce yourself and kind of give a little of your history, a little of your journey, your spiritual journey, and your spiritual awakening to the audience? And then we'll, we'll dive into the remote, review, remote viewing, control remote viewing. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, how I got to be where I am now. Yes. At the age of 30, I went to work one night for a woman who was sick. And I was married at the time with two young children. I think they were seven and eight years old. And I was working alone in a bar as a bartender for this lady who was sick. And my husband was at home with the children. And as the night progressed, I got more and more agitated in my gut and kept phoning my husband saying, there's something wrong. There's something wrong. And I didn't know what it was. And he's at home with the kids. He didn't know what was wrong. I must have spent four, of, four hours out of an eight-hour shift phoning him because I was so upset. And I was the only one working. <laughs> I was working alone. And this was in 1986. Okay. So um, at the end of the night when all the patrons had left, I was locking up all the windows and doors. And I went to set the alarm. And I was so scared because I thought I could hear noises outside. And so I set the alarm and ran out the back door with the car keys in my hand. And as I was slamming the door behind me, two armed robbers suddenly hit me and beat me. And they they had on ski masks and a sawed off shotgun against my head and a crowbar against my face and threatened to kill me if I didn't let them in the building. And of course, the door had already closed. And when they finally allowed me to talk, I said, these keys are for my car. I don't have keys to get back in. So they let me go. And so that was the beginning of a complete transformation in my life. I sustained uh, brain injury, spinal injuries, post-traumatic stress disorder. And I had amnesia for about 11 months. And during that time, when I... When I started coming out of amnesia, I realized I couldn't read. And I realized then that I had a brain injury. And eventually, was, when, Terry, hmm? was your injury, um, I'm not sure what that feedback is from, um, but was, was your injury due to the assault? Yes. Okay. Okay. And, a, and what they call a near-death experience. Okay. So during the 11 months of amnesia, I had an out-of-body experience where I was in another realm with beings who gave me a past and future life review. And when I came back 
into my body, it was as if I, I wondered, well, why am I back? I thought I was dead. And whose body is this? And, and I felt like a totally different person in a body that I did not recognize. And then I realized I had all these abilities. Mm. I could shake someone's hand and see right into their house. Um, I had a lot of precognitive drains that started happening in the order that I wrote them down. And so I went back to my doctor and told my doctor what was happening. He said, oh, Terry, you've had a near-death experience. And he referred me to the International Association for Near-Death Studies. And so I even helped run the Vancouver Island Near-Death Experience Association for seven years as an affiliate of the International Remote, or sorry, not remote viewers, but the uh, International Association for Near-Death Studies. Mm -hmm. So I became acquainted with the authors and experiencers and started to really understand what had happened to me. But my abilities were evolving. And so I saw, oh, I, I heard about a scientist at, I can't remember his name right this minute, but he was from the Remote Viewing Association. So I went there for a conference and I found myself among my peers. I thought, well, this is what I'm doing. <laughs> and, um, and so one of the fellows there, I decided I would get some training with, and it was Lynn Buchanan. And so I started my training, and uh, he felt that I was very good at what at remote viewing, so mm -hmm. um, encouraged me to get further training. Let me ask you. Terry, um, have you heard, I've heard of walk-ins, like, it almost sounds like, have you ever heard of that term walk-ins? I like, have, and I researched that, and I wondered if that's what happened to me, because it just felt like whoever I was had died, and someone else took over. That's what it sounds like. I just yeah. was wondering if you knew if you were a walk-in, because it, it sounds like, you know, you didn't recognize your body. It's like, oh new body you know like another like that soul left and another soul just walked in yeah and then i had to finish the life that i was living my marriage failed my family was shattered and i had long years of recovery because of the brain injury and to try and adjust to these abilities so the remote viewing um training really helped me adjust and understand and hone these abilities Mm -hmm. And then from there, I went on for other um, disciplines um, and training in mediumship and uh, psychic mediumship, etc. Can you, can, can you um, describe those abilities more in detail? Well, I'm able to see through time and space and accurately gather information regardless of time or space. For anyone they don't even have to be present <laughs> um, and I do medical intuitive body scans on people they don't even have to be present so I can do readings by phone over Skype in person or from a distance mm -hmm. in some other capacity like zoom for instance right. <laughs> and I also can connect to departed people and get very clear accurate messages from them for um, people who are that they've left behind here I see and it's a very humbling work, very precise, and it's, it's very disciplined. 
And so all of this abilities, your skill set and your abilities to really stemmed from your injury, your brain injury and near death experience. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. I was 86 as a child, but nothing like this. It was, I was so profoundly psychic that I had to get training. Mm -hmm. Okay. So continue. Tell us more about the uh, remote viewing um, aspect of it. Um, remote viewing is a set of scientific protocols that you're, you're taught a specific language and these are like pictographs. And so when you move your ego out of the way and you go into session, then it's almost like automatic writing. A, an ideogram comes out from your writing when you're given some coordinates and then you decode the ideograms and information that your, that your hand has put on paper. Mm -hmm. You can even do a 3D modeling of uh, plasticine, of objects uh, that are somewhere to okay. do with, with the um, uh, target. With the location. With the location. Yeah, it could be a location, it could be a person, it could be a thing, person, place, thing. Okay. You know, an event. Yeah. So it's highly detailed, very specific information. Okay. All right. So now you were telling, you were um, starting to say how you got started. You were at a conference and you met. And then I, Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. Now I met Lynn Buchanan and I decided to get some training with him. And uh, I was actually being trained for world operations and decided to expand my training to England at Arthur Finley College, where I was trained in platform mediumship and and with other institutes and other people uh, so that I could develop further abilities because I realized it was, I also had mediumship abilities. Mm -hmm. And it really feels like whoever I was, and I want to reiterate that, um, died and somebody else took over. That's exactly how it felt. And I didn't even feel like I was from here. Right. I thought, well, yeah, I didn't yeah. know. Yeah. <laughs> when, so you, when, you when you described it, that's what it sounded like to me. Uh, yeah. yeah, it was a complete transformation and it felt like an evolution uh, because of the way my brain functioned in these new abilities. So um, the training really helped me um, learn how to use the abilities that I could access. Mm -hmm. Okay, so and now with your remote viewing, um, you you actually how what do you actually how do you usually do that use that with a, a client? Um, when I do a reading for somebody, mm -hmm. whether it's in person or by phone or or uh, video, mm -hmm. uh, I put pencil to paper, and I'm doing sketching and I'm doing diagrams and I'm going over the image of a body. And okay. so the information comes to me and I, I put that on paper and I, I take a photograph of that and I send that to them at the end. So they have proof. Okay. Now, you yeah. know, what? I also, I think I skipped over the first question I should ask you about what is remote viewing? Cause I, and it's a controlled remote viewing. What is that? Some people, the, some listeners may not be aware of what that is. Okay, controlled remote viewing is a set of scientific protocols where you are taught a new language. 
Um, there's, um, I'm sorry, Terry, there's someone near you that is moving something and I can yeah. hear it. So if they, yeah, yeah, it, it really, yeah it, it's really affecting the mic quality. Okay. okay. All right. <laughs> it's a tape gun. She's, she won't use it. Okay. Okay. So getting back to it, um, the uh, remote viewing, controlled remote viewing is a set of scientific protocols in, in a, a new language, like learning any other kind of language. And so they teach you to send your consciousness anywhere, any location, any time, to gather information there. It's, um, you, you can get full site contact regardless of time or location. And then you, in order to do the work, you, have, you need to put your ego aside and almost like a meditation type practice to get the information. And it's astounding how accurate it is. It's, it's jaw dropping. <laughs> so uh, it's very exciting, the learning process. And I was very skeptical going through it. You know, I thought, well, how can this work? But oh my gosh, does it ever, and anyone can learn it. Mm, okay. Well, I, when I think of remote viewing, also it brings me back to the everything is connected. And so that's why you're able across time and space, you know, you can still view on the other side what's going on the other side of the world because of the connectivity of everything, not just everybody, but everything is interconnected. Um, but I also, I've heard of when people sometimes remote view and they actually are remote viewing at the, at the right location, but it's, it's actually a different time. They actually are seeing things that were there, like say, in the 1900s, not there today. You know that that I've heard of that. So has that ever happened? That is my experience too, of viewing into the future or viewing into the past. And during my life review, I have a lot of memory of being shown Earth's past history and future, including advanced computer technologies, etc., and, and a lot of things that I can't really go into here. And I recall when I described my near-death experience to a medical practitioner who was teaching other medical staff about how the brain function. Mm -hmm. Well, in that kind of situation, if you're in, you cannot escape, your body prepares to die. And the adrenaline peaks and cascades and a death hormone is tripped that prepares your body. And in that instant, he said, you can see everything all at once, past, present, and future. And if you survive that near-death experience, then it takes years to integrate all of that information. I see. Mm -hmm. And that is a really, in, in that way, it was an evolutionary leap of consciousness yeah. and experiential um, set of circumstances that took me years to integrate. Wow. Well, I, when you say that, I know for me personally, and I say when I share on this show, I, I share my personal truth. And my personal truth, there is no time. There is only the now. There is no past and, and no, pre no there, the present, the now is all there is. There's no past, there's no future, and everything is happening now. 
what happened, what we perceived was past, what we dream of future, it's all happening now, in the, in the now moment. And I do love to quote Einstein, who says, time is merely an illusion, albeit a very persistent one. And I understand that we, in our physical body, use time as a tool, as a measurement for past, present, future. But in truth, in the ultimate reality, there is no time. And that's, I, I tried that, I feel like the power, my point of power is here in the now moment, because here in the now moment is all there is. And so that's where I really, when I find myself, you know, fretting about the past or, you know, sometimes I try not to worry about the future, but you know, we're, we're, I'm still human and sometimes those things happen, but I, all, I quickly remind myself, breathe deep, come right back here into the now. There's something here in the now moment because when we're in the past or in the future, we're missing the now. We're missing the now moment, and in every now moment, there's a blessing. So when we're here in the now, we can see that blessing. I, I agree with that. In fact, from my near-death experience, I realized time is, is just a measurement. It's, it's a tool, a measurement that we have created. Yes. So yes. It's, that's a, a difficult one to wrap your mind around because that's not how we've been taught. Exactly. And you said it right. <laughs> you said it very true. It's difficult for the mind. I call the monkey mind. It's difficult for the monkey mind to wrap your mind around that, but in your heart. So that's why when I meditate and I tell people whatever can quiet their mind, if it's running, if it's jogging, whatever, you know, swimming, whatever relaxes you, where you quiet your mind and really go into your heart your heart energy is going to bring to you the truth of, of the true reality. It's very nice that you reiterated it exactly that way because when I do a reading with people, we do a, a little meditation where they come out of their head and they go into their heart beating and that's how it is I connect to them. Yes. And then I can get that information. If they have a hard time connecting to their heart, their reading isn't as precise and it isn't as as much information so i take them back and we do another meditation another deep breath until they can connect to their heart yes yes yeah. and i and i do hear people sometimes saying i can't meditate i can't quiet my mind but i say to people we're each unique aspects of god meaning we're each going to find something what works for me may not work for another so i know for me it's deep breathing and just focusing on one mantra or sometimes i i listen to a sacred om and that helps me and i just focus on my breath but it's different for everyone so i said sometimes it has to be an active meditation some people can get into that meditative state by running or walking, taking a, a nice walk in nature, you know, just really focusing on the beauty of a flower. You know, there's so many different ways, but if we really, you know, if one way is not working, try something that it, you're passionate about. And then all of a sudden you'll find yourself out of your head and in your heart when you're following your passion. So that's a, one of the things I, I just suggest that People can't, don't do what I do, but do what works for you. Right. Yes. Very good advice. Very sound. You know, the first time I ever meditated, 
with the help of a, a, an audio tape. When I got up, I, and this was after my near-death experience, I was walking into the kitchen and all of a sudden it's as if I, I saw three liquid golden light, crystal light bars inside my head and it's as if I was transported to another dimension. Mm. And in that, saw these images and came right back and my husband was there in the kitchen and I said, and I, I talked about something that would happen the very next week. Mm -hmm. And he was a little bit uh, stunned by viewing mm -hmm. right. do this, <laughs> you know. And, and so uh, from what I understand in some research, that's uh, Kundalini okay. type yes. of information awakening. Uh -huh. Very true. Can you describe that? I mean, I, I heard of Kundalini awakening and, but can you describe that for some of our listeners? The, the Kundalini, the whole idea of the Kundalini awakening. This is, this is uh, an energy that we all have within us that can become awakened from a near-death experience, from meditation. Mm -hmm. Um, it doesn't even matter if it was a fear death or near death experience, you can still have this kind of an awakening. Okay. And it, and it, um, if it depends on how the Kundalini awakening and how far up it goes, but if it goes to the crown chakra, then you can see through time and space. You can have these out of body experiences right. and travel anywhere <laughs> and, mm -hmm. uh, yes. have bilocation experiences. Yeah. So, and there's a lot of information on it. You could, um, for instance, I was able to see the thousand petaled lotus okay. and this energetic wheel that I saw in my hand. And there's these other unfoldments as these energies open. Mm -hmm. And it's really transforming uh, to one's worldview. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Yes. completely changes when you start having these experiences yes and yes. then and the old paradigms they just don't fit anymore and you have to kind of get to work to learn what's happening yes yeah and i i remember i want to mention that i went to a university and talked to a professor of psychology i said well i'm having all these precognitive dreams and i was describing these other experiences and he looked at me and said well no one's going to believe you terry and I thought, oh my gosh, this person is teaching countless students about spiritual emergence, spiritually awakening. And what is he teaching? Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, and, and how are those students who then become psychologists, uh, how are they really um, dealing with their that yes. are having these kinds of awakening? Yeah. Very interesting, because I think about, it was quantum physics, actually. It was a, a, a film on quantum physics, What the Bleep, that inspired, and I always, I use the word inspired because nothing outside of you can awaken you. It's within, the awakening happens inside you, but something outside can inspire your awakening, a book, a teacher, you know, a film, like um, what the bleep and it was one statement that Lynn McTaggart said is the biggest problem in the world today is the illusion of separateness and when she said that something woke up inside of me that yes we're all one you know and that was so when I understood that everything made sense to me 
Before that, I was like really, like there was a missing piece. And that missing piece was like that we're all one. And when you, when you awaken, when you do have that awakening, I know with me, I wanted to share it with the world. I was like, okay. And I'm like, and I'm like, how come they don't get it? You know, <laughs> you know, cause I shared the film with my friends and they're like, hmm, what is she talking about? You know, but when you were saying about the um, professor, the psychology professor, I'm thinking about quantum physics because what quantum physics is teaching, the core of quantum physics is oneness that everything is energy and that energy is interconnected and interdependent. Matter of fact, we could not have this computer, the smartphones, the smart TV, all this new technology is based on quantum physics and the core of quantum physics is oneness. But they don't teach that in school. You know? Well, they are, they're teaching that in quantum physics though with uh, the International Remote Viewing Association uh, and entanglement. Yes, quantum and, entanglement. Yes, exactly. Yes. And when I came back to body from my near-death experience, I was transformed so that I could feel the frequency of everything. Everything has a different frequency. Yes. <laughs> and so that's what I do when I'm doing readings, is I am reading the frequencies, just like people have a picture that shows up on a TV, I get that interdimensionally. So I communicate with souls interdimensionally and mm -hmm. I experience healing interdimensionally yes. for the ones that are departed and I see the, the healing for the ones that are living. Yes. When I do these mediumship readings and it is miraculous to experience. It's mm -hmm. amazing. It's, yes. it's very humbling to be yes. a part of that. Yes, it is. Yes, very true. I just came back from my first speaking engagement was at the Afterlife Research um, and Education Institute Symposium. <laughs> Long word, A-R-E-I. Yes, for short, we say A-R-E-I um, Symposium in Scottsdale. And so I got to meet so many mediums like yourself and so um, there's a medium that is working with um, actually bringing, it's a physical mediumship, bringing through images of the soul, not just the voices, but the images. And so that is, the advancement is so amazing. And I think the advancement is, is, is such as it is, is because we as a, we as a human race, we as a human species, are slowly awakening. So as we awaken, we can actually communicate with the, the souls on the other side, we say. But in truth, I say a physical realm and spiritual realm are truly just one. It's just that the physical realm comes from the spiritual realm and then goes back to the spiritual realm. But it's still no separation. And, the, and our, our beloved ones that are on, that have left their body and are in spirit are still here. You know, they're, they're not gone. Here. They're just right here. <laughs> you know? Yes, yes. It's just interdimensionally. That, that's where they are. And they have the ability to communicate with us. Yes. And we can receive those communications and pass that on. Yes. 
Very true. Very true. I mean, I communicate with my son. And I say that my son is now in spirit four years. And I honestly communicate more with my son now that he's in spirit because he's always around than when he was. He was a, a grown man. He was 29 when he transitioned. When he was 29, I didn't know where he was half the time. You know, he's doing his thing, living his life. But now he's, you know, he's right. Whenever I need him, he's right there. And I know that. And so, and I feel him and I, I can, you know, I can hear it. And when I speak to him in my mind, I can hear his response, you know, in my heart. You know, I don't hear him audibly, but I hear him in my heart. And so, yes, we actually can have a closer, I know it's, it's hard in the physical, us be, you know, still being in the physical, not being able to physically hold them and, and physically have that physical relationship with them. But if we know in our heart, that they're still here and we can still have a relationship and communicate with them. It brings, for me, it brings so much peace and joy. It brings peace and joy. And, and I believe also it's a soul agreement that we agreed, my son and I agreed for me to stay, do this work, and for him to go on into spirit. Yeah. Wow, isn't that wonderful? Yeah, yeah, I think I think it is special. I think it's special because I know that we are when we think of ourselves as eternal divine sparks of God. We're eternal. And this lifetime, I mean, well, while, while we're here in the muck of things, we're thinking, oh, this is all there is. <laughs> far from it. And not only is it you know, far we live many, many, many lifetimes of our own choosing. So that's another sense of peace for me, is no one's doing anything to me. I chose to be here for a purpose. I chose this life for a reason. And, and nothing is happening to me. It's happening through me. And it's happening for my highest good. So keep, I keep that at the forefront. And then, like, regardless of what's happening, I'm like, okay, sometimes, you know, it's not always what we want to happen. But then we, I say, okay. I know it happened for my highest good. So I try to see the good in it. And I don't always, but I know, even if I can't see the good in that, it's like, I know it happened for my highest good. So I'm going to keep on moving and keep on doing, you know, what inspir inspiration comes from within. So share, share some of the things that you have, um, events or things that you've been doing with your remote viewing. Well, <laughs> I, I do personal readings for people, right. um, <clears throat> so-called past, present, future. <laughs> okay, okay. So and how about, our discussion, during our discussion, we know that time really isn't there. Exactly. How about um, in-between lives? Have you, have, do you do in-between lives readings? Because I always wonder about my in-between life. Hmm. Not that I am aware of. I did a reading for a lady. It was a couple, actually. And I said, oh, you've got something happening with your shoulder here. And she said, well, not in this lifetime. This is from another lifetime. <laughs> and, okay. I, and I kept coming back to the shoulder. Right. So I haven't had training in past life recall or, okay. or, um, or readings or anything like that. Although I am open-minded about it because it feels like I had a reincarnation type experience. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and I have memories of other, other people that I met here that in a different setting. So it makes me wonder if this is a past life memory. So I'm mm -hmm. totally open-minded. Right. 
Um, but I also remember making an agreement with these uh, non-physical beings in yeah. outside of time and space in another realm where I agreed and it felt like a soul exchange because yes. I was trading or exchanging something with them and it felt remarkable. Mm -hmm. And their communication clearly exuded into me as if like telepathy. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, that was the most dominant memory that I have. And that feels like it was in a holy place. Mm. Um, yes. now, I was just going to say, yes, I do believe that. I truly believe that any interaction we have with anybody in this physical realm, we have first made an agreement in, this, in spirit before we interact with anyone. So everyone's a soulmate because we've had an agreement. Even if someone were passing on the street, that was a soul agreement for that interchange. Everything is so interconnected and interwoven. And we do agree because I do believe that we are sovereign beings meaning nothing can happen to us without our agreement. And it'll be our agreement from our higher self that knows all, not our human self that <laughs> can't remember why we're here, <laughs> you know, but our, our higher self that remembers everything and knows exactly why we're here. And our higher self makes these soul agreements and we, you know, we say, okay, you know best, you know, and we're not separate from our higher self. And uh, that really comes through from a near-death experience. I felt very connected to my higher self. And when I came back into body, I had all this information. And it was like a download of information. Mm -hmm. And I remember going to the library. I would bring home like seven books a week by all um, people with two or three degrees in all these different disciplines and just sit on my bed and flip through them all. Right. And I would remember this information that I don't recall having prior educational background in. Okay. And these were in all of the disciplines. Mm -hmm. I thought, oh, I remember that, I remember that. Right. <laughs> and so I, I caught up to the first download. Then I had another download experience where I was sitting doing some automatic writing. And then all of a sudden, about two feet from me, I saw a portal open up um, in between dimensions with some numbers mm -hmm. in it. And then I felt this, transmission of a download of information that literally made my body shake mm. and I started writing a lot of information and then after that I I had an experience where I was laying in bed mm -hmm. and I raised up out of my body and I was sitting in the corner of the ceiling and I could see my body on the bed right and then I flew right through the closed plate glass window Mm -hmm. And I was traveling into the future on a, on a curved light beam at tremendous speed, like I was riding this light beam. It, it, it's the most amazing feeling. Wow. And then I saw somebody removing three fingers from somebody. And I was so shocked, I came back to my body yes. <laughs> as this ball of plasma, sparkling plasma that landed on my chest and dissipated into my chest and I sat up to meet this ball of light and threw my nightgown off but the ball of light dissipated into me okay and um I phoned two people and told them about this dream of seeing these three fingers being removed and they were both professional academics <laughs> and two weeks later I was on the beach with one of them okay 
introduced me to his brother who was a surgeon. Okay. And the surgeon said he had to amputate three fingers from somebody. So I had traveled two weeks into the future to view this amputation and come back to phone the brother of the person who actually performed the surgery. Wow. And I thought, wow, okay, that's time travel. Yes. yes. And so, you know, it's, uh, it was very exciting. Yes. <laughs> and when you mentioned time travel, because you did mention earlier on, you saw the pa Earth in the past, and you saw yes. some of Earth in the future, and you didn't yes. go into too much detail, but can you share a little bit about the, I'm not, I'm not worried so much about the past, but the, what you saw for, the, for Earth's future, which I know everything is vibration, and everything that can happen does happen, but just would like to... Yeah, I saw catastrophic uh, storms, that, that kind of weather pattern change, and I saw very highly advanced computer chip design, and I even went to the university and talked to uh, the professor there, and, he's, and I, I drew it, and he said, well, there's nothing like, here, like that here yet. Mm -hmm. So I realized that what I was seeing was very advanced computer chip design. I was. I also saw anti-gravity technology, mm -hmm. and uh, I didn't really know who to go to with that <laughs> information. Right. Uh, but my experience with two professors uh, at that time was that um, one said we don't have that invention yet. The other one said, "Well, no one's going to believe you, Terry." So, I guess he. he that particular professor would be contributing to the DSM-4 or 5. I guess they're at the 5 now. Mm -hmm. um, but, um, and people that I would meet in the future, I wish I saw a lot of um, information about that with uh, various leaders and organizations and groups that I was then become affiliated with mm -hmm. in the future. And right. a lot of things have happened. A lot of things haven't happened yet. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. It's just the timelines of things that, uh, for me, aren't quantifiable yet. Right. And when, when I think about it, I, like I said, like I, when I asked you the question, I said what you saw in the sense that knowing that even what you saw is valid, but all realities are valid because all, it's all happening at once, and it's, the vi it's vibration. So it's all these uh, different uh, dimensions stacked on top of each other, and which one we experience is what we resonate with. The, we reson so we, we experience what we are resonating with. And so any option can, you know, it depends on what you're, where you're resonating at a time. So I say people can't really tell you your future. They can show you they can read the energy as it currently is so with the energy they're reading this is what they see but um if the energy changes the next moment it's a totally different next you know a totally different future because in truth it's all now <laughs> so, i don't even i don't use the term reincarnation anymore our past lives future lives i i say simultaneous lives we are living all of our lives right here and now, the only moment that is, and our point of power is here and now. So even um, if we want to help ourselves, 
in our past lives or help ourselves in our future lives, it's now. We do it now because as we awaken here and now, it helps it radiate like like uh, like you drop a pebble in a lake and the ripple effect. So it's that ripple effect here and now, and it will ripple out to the past and the future when you awaken here and now. So I tell people, like a lot of people, you know, worry and concern about, okay, what happened in the past? What's happening? What's going to happen in the future? It's like no need to be past or future. It's now is where it's at. And one of my favorite books is The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle. I'm not sure if you read it. But the, the funny thing about that book is when I first purchased it, I picked it up. I was reading the first chapter, couldn't understand a word of it, and put it back on the bookshelf. And then after I awoke into the truth of oneness, for me, it was very simple. Oneness clarified everything to me. We're all one. There's no separation. Uh, we're all one with God. We're all a holographic aspect of God. Meaning, and, and if you understand holographic, you understand you are all, you in a little drop are all of God, not a piece of God, but you're all of God creating your own reality. And we each are doing that. And so when I understood that, I was able to pick up the power of now, couldn't put it down, read it from cover to cover twice. <laughs> so, and I loved it. I just, yes. Staying, and it, it just helps me to remember to stay present. So whenever I get kind of in my head, take a few deep breaths, come to this now moment. Yes. When I do readings with people, for me, it's a holy experience because mm -hmm. I'm tapping into their soul and spirit and their not only past, present, but future. And the work that we do together during the reading and the information that they get in the additional resources after that with me helps them not only now, but for generations to come. Right. And yes. even from the past. So these, these frequencies and energies move through time and space. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it's really, doctors call me a healer. And when they first started calling me that, I was a little perplexed. and didn't really know what they meant until I saw it happening. Right. And then I, I could see just like a pebble in, 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 a, in a pond. Yes. The ripple effect that this can have for generations to come. Yes. And also, you know, when I was going through my training and I was so skeptical, now when I meet skeptics, it's like, oh, good, great. <laughs> I used to be very skeptical too. Come on, sit down. Yes. yes. And, uh, and it's, it's amazing to watch them soften and open up it's, mm -hmm. it's like their consciousness is opening opening up right so uh, that's a very positive experience yes and i also think that a lot of, a lot of times people say oh just little me and they don't understand that they that they just like you said dropping that pebble in the pond and 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 they don't understand that they're they're rippling everybody is rippling and interacting so their effect on all of humanity is equal to anyone else's even like say president trump you're like okay he's got so much money he's it's like every time you say his name you gotta laugh anyway so, i do i do I, and you're and um you're on the west coast but are you originally from canada 
I am. Okay, I thought so. I thought so. But uh, yeah, I just gotta love him. Gotta love him. But um, so people think, oh, he's so powerful. He has so much money, and you know. But and they think, oh, little me, I, I I can't affect the world that way. But you do. We all equally affect the world. Doesn't matter how much prestige or fame or power. We're all equal divine aspects of God, and we all can. You know, even just a, a little simple smile at someone who's having a bad day. You just smile. That could pick them up and raise their day. And that ripples out. You know, you raise their vibration, so they raise. It's, it's a rippling effect, effect. So I just like to always remind people how powerful we truly are, each of us. Yeah, especially if we use that power in a positive way to True. help others and not bring other people down. Exactly. So exactly. that's what I would add to that entire concept. Um, yes. With all of the leaders in the world that we are relying on and hoping will do what is best for humanity. Yes. In spite of perhaps maybe their own attitudes that haven't evolved yet. Because exactly. the planet needs to evolve. People, humanity needs to evolve. Otherwise, they could destroy themselves. Mm -hmm. Very true. And what I think of, um, and another term I don't use much of is negative and positive, because what I think of positive is integrative energy. You know, energy that sees and knows the oneness of all things. And so it won't harm itself or another thing because it, it knows the connectedness of all things. And I say, so I call that positive energy. What I call negative energy is that sep that, that energy that is separative and thinks everything is separate and, you know, it's just me. Um, no, I, you know, I don't have to think about another person because, you know, it's just, you know. So to me, I, I, I use the terminology integrative positive, separative energy, negative. So, and yes, we want more of that, that integrative energy. And I honestly, honestly, I see it even in mainstream media. I don't watch um, commercial television and I stopped watching news in 2001. I haven't watched news in 17 years. Thank you. <laughs> because of the energy. <laughs> uh, I want to keep my energy level high. but. Um, Honestly, when I just, even I just turned on the, I don't even listen to the radio in my car, but I happened, I had unplugged my, what you call iPod, and, and so my music wasn't plugged in, so because my music wasn't plugged in, the radio came on in the car yesterday, and I, and I was just listening, and there was a commercial about a concert, and the name of this concert in New York, upcoming concert in New York, uh, Janet Jackson is singing, but the, it's, um, it's, a uh, Global Citizen Concert. I love, so it's like, and I, I, I meant to look it up. I haven't looked it up yet because I love the global citizen, not citizen of the U.S., Canada, Mexico. We are global. We are one humanity. So the whole, just the title of the concert, Global Citizen, Global Citizenship Concert, which is going to be coming. I was like, wow. That's mainstream, you know, that's oneness. That's the unity we're waking up. So I see evidence of the awakening, even within mainstream um, media and things of that nature. 
So it, it, it's very, it's very heartwarming to know we are heading in the right direction. And, and even the whole UFO community um, that are exploring the interdimensional aspect of ufology, yes. just put a blanket um, word on it. They're all becoming enlightened about the, the interdimensionality of existence. Yes. yes. And so this is helping to enlighten other people around the world too. Yes. Very true. Very true. And the internet is helping. Like I don't, I don't watch news. I don't watch commercial television. But I live on YouTube and, and so yeah. much good, good information there. You know, it's just, I mean, to, for the last 10 years, it's like, that has been my education and you can get it. I mean, there's so much being shared on the World Wide Web for free, you know, just to, and if, and I say to people, if it doesn't resonate with you, I mean, there's a lot on the internet. If it doesn't resonate in your heart, then push it aside, you know, stick with what resonates in your heart as true. And then when you follow your heart, it's always going to lead you. And when we, you were talking, we were talking about um, knowledge and, and things like downloads of information you were getting. And I was thinking about the Akashic Records, which has all the information. And we access, we can each access the Akashic Records right here. It's not outside of it. It's right within. So we have, we have everything we need right here but please mm -hmm. please please share with the listeners how they can find you and communicate if they want to schedule a reading if they want to chat email and find out more about your work how, how can our listeners find you okay thank you i do have a website it's www.terry t-e-r-r-y dot d for diane dot anderson a-n-d-e-r-s-e-n dot com so it's mm -hmm www.terry.d.anderson.com right and how long have you been dot com no no sorry sorry that was a mistake that was an email address so it's www.terryanderson.com that's my website oh my okay. god no problem. <laughs> That's okay because you know what? I will have in the in the uh, description. I will have a link to your website. So no, oh. no, no worries, no worries. Because me personally, I never type in a website. I just copy and paste or click on it. Because oh. <laughs> I know if I try to, type, yeah, I know if I try to type it, I'm going to type it in wrong. I just know it. Oh, okay, yeah. Because everybody spells the last name wrong. They think it's O N. It's E N. Yes. But, uh, there is a contact page if they have questions. And then there's also a page where they can see all the different times and a calendar where they can book readings. Awesome. Very, very good. Yes. Um, so we definitely, I definitely want to keep in following you, your work. And I do want to share with the listeners something I just kind of, like I said, I've been doing, I, well, I shared with you, I've been doing my show now for 20, uh, about to say 24 years, not that long, for three and a half years. And I have over 24,000 viewers, listeners, all time listeners. So because I, every time I see the numbers go up, as many people are listening and tuning in, I want to get to know each of my listeners more on an intimate level. I just recently started on my website. They can go to awake to oneness radio.org 
on my website there's a page where I do a weekly zoom meeting using zoom like this and anybody can come and you know we can share if they have questions if they you know want to share their stories it's just a way for me to connect with my listeners so I do that now every Thursday Eastern time at 8 p.m. I do 8 p.m. Eastern because I'm on the East Coast and I want to make room for the West Coast, like you, West Coast, uh, Central Time, and Mountain Time. So that's why I said, okay, let me do it late on the East Coast to make it comfortable for the whole country. And actually, I did my first call, my first Zoom weekly Zoom last week, and there was a lady from Hong Kong. And I was like, where is, wait, what time is it in Hong Kong? It's exactly 12 hours difference. So it's 8 a.m. Friday morning for her, and it's 8 p.m. Thursday night for me. Wow. <laughs> yes, yes. Oh, that's wonderful. So, yes, so if anybody listening is interested, they can go to my website, which is Awake to Oneness Radio, number two, awake number two, onenessradio.org, and there's a page, questions and mentoring page, that will give them the link to that, that weekly Zoom. I'm re really happy. That's something I just started. Oh, just very nice. Yes. I love engaging. I love engaging with my guests, all of my guests. I'm I so grateful and so thankful for all of my guests and all of my listeners. So I just want to, and when I come from conferences, like I went to the AREI symposium last week, and you, you're meeting these people that you can have these conversations with. It just, you know, because you can't always go to your neighbor and and have this kind of conversation. Sorry, always go to your neighbor. neighbor. <laughs> no, those birds of a feather kind of flock together, don't we? Yes, yes. And and the more I think, the more we share and do this from our heartfelt energy, the more we're going to connect with those people, and it's just going to evolve. But I truly, truly, I know a lot of people watch the news, and there's all of the hurricanes and tornadoes. And I'm telling, I live in uh, Northeast Pennsylvania, and it did nothing but rain all summer and yesterday. <laughs> Today has just been cloudy. I mean. I'm, we had the whole summer, we might have had one or two days of sun. The entire, the, uh, the whole summer, when I say a week, say a week, it would rain four to five days a week and never. So the weather, talk about weather changes. The weather is definitely changing. And now we're in the fall. I don't know what winter is going to be like, but you know what? I'm just, I try, I stay in the now and I say thank you. That's the best. Hmm. Thank you. Just thank you for what is. Being thankful mm -hmm. for what is in every now moment is a good. A very a powerful good. place to be. Yes. Yes. Well, thank you so much. I loved uh, having you as my guest. And we will keep in touch by email. You have my email. And we will keep in touch. And thank you so much for being okay. my guest today. I'll be with you. And you okay. too. Namaste. 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 Bye-bye. I think I'm still recording. Oh, I am. Oh, oh that's okay.